I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hello and welcome to the All by the Popcorn podcast. I'm Alessandra. And I'm Emily. And today we are talking about the last Best Picture nominee for the 2023 Oscars. What? Not the not the last. We still have Zone of Interest. That oh, that's nominated for Best Picture too. Yeah, I was just looking at a at an article of the nominations, and and Zone of Interest is on there for Best Picture. Are you? I what? I I'm not joking. At least that's what a, that's what Variety had on their on their website. Are they wrong? I'm looking this up right now. I literally am blindsided by this. I thought American Fiction was our last oh, one too. No, it's not. We do have Zone of Interest. Oh, I'm so sorry, everybody. Ooh. Ooh. Big, uh, big sad. <laughs> that big I'm letdown. <laughs> that I'm feeling right now. <laughs> I was like 100% sure. I really haven't been on top of this. Anyway, we're talking about American fiction today. Um, which Our is, second to last. Yes, our second to last. <laughs> uh, went to go see this in theaters, and I think we both saw it on the same day. We did, we did. Yes, yes, yes. It was. Uh, um, I think fun I to was watch. alone. I think I was alone seeing this as well. I went with <laughs> been... with my husband, oh, and there was there was like a sizable amount of people in there for a you know uh, indie film that was re released in theaters because of well not re released but like kind of having more uh, showings because of the Oscar nominations. Um, so yeah, it was just me and my kind of disappointing cookies and cream milkshake in this theater <laughs> and a fly oh my god there was a fly in no. my theater was it flying and in front of the kept, projector it was flying in front of the projector oh. and it kept flying around me because i was the only human being <laughs> in that fucking theater <laughs> oh i was like i'm gonna if you come near me i'm gonna fucking kill you like that's what i was gonna <laughs> say to that fly um, but yeah, that was my, that was my experience American fiction in theaters. Um, so b- before this, this was not what I expected it to be. I didn't, I didn't even see one trailer for this. Um, I only knew that Jeffrey Wright was in it. So that was my only context for this movie. And, um, I was very happy that it wasn't super depressing. <laughs> like it was kind of lighthearted in general. Um, except for when his, yeah. his sister died. So Yeah. I thought I thought it was gonna be more of a comedy, and it was, but it was kind of like a dark comedy. It was a drama like comedy, kind I of think. Like dra- Yeah, okay. A drama comedy and like a little uh like satirical yeah. a little bit as well. Um, so kind of in 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 that aspect. Um but yeah, this I, I want to read the book that it's based off of. Looks um, fun. I think the I think the book is called Erasure, Erasure, mm-hmm. um, or something. Um, so I'll definitely look into that in the future. 
But um, yeah, this I don't think I'd seen a single trailer for this as well. <laughs> um, and Jeffrey Wright's kind of kind of everywhere. He's in. I just watched Rustin. Oh, he's and in that he's too in that as well. Yes. Oh, yes. okay. Yeah. Yes. I mean, he has had obviously a massive resurgence since uh, Westworld came out. Um, you know, a while very back, true, true. and and he was always around. I mean, he just was one of those actors that you just didn't really notice until uh, his pretty much like breakout performance in Westworld. So, um, and he got an Oscar nomination for this. Yes. Yes. So good for him. He's he also plays a grumpy professor, um, just like in the holdovers. So the two of them are uh, grumpy professors <laughs> that kind of yeah, kind of like less grumpy, grumpy hard ass professors. Yeah. Yeah. Um you kind of get the, the tone of the movie based off of the score, I believe, which is generally a kind of uh you know it has its sappy moments but it also has its kind of lighthearted uh light piano kind of uh moments too which kind of starts off the the comedic ness of this movie um he is like an i think a literature professor or something where he talks about uh african american literature and it's kind of like he's fighting with a student in the very first scene about um, her objection to the use of the N-word, even though it's um, a historical context. And you kind of get his personality and everything from that small exchange. Yes, yes. It's a, it's a, very, it's a very strong first scene <laughs> to really get to know our character. Yeah. Um, and his fellow professors don't like him. Like, then then we move on to them screaming at him, being like, dude, you're such a hard ass. No one likes you. <laughs> yeah. And then they kind of force him into a, a leave of absence or like a sabbatical yeah. of to sorts. Visit his basically. family in, in Boston. Another Boston, ba- again, it's, it's Boston-based grumpy professors. <laughs> That's that's where all the grumpy professors are. Apparently, they're yeah. in Boston. Um, yeah, yeah. And then we kind of learn that he is is also a writer. Yes, so he's he's not only a professor, but he's also a writer. And his his writing is very good, but it's not very popular. Not a lot of people buy what he writes, mm-hmm. and he is um, uh, in need of money. You know, there's lots of this. Again, this movie was so. It was so good. Like, it was so different. Because it, it could have just been your very, like, cliche, cheesy kind of drama, mm-hmm. romance type of thing. It had a little bit of everything. Yeah. But it was done, it was done, like, not in a cheesy, cliche kind of way. Mm-hmm. It was done, like, in a very artful, like, smart way. Like, it was, I don't know, it felt like an HBO show. Like, it was just, yeah. it was just so... It was so witty and and smart. <laughs> like, I really liked it. And it got nominated I, for Best Picture because of that. Um, yeah. I think I totally agree with you with the, with the content and the screenplay was pretty strong. I do feel like there could have been a little bit more uh, trimming 
of the screenplay. I felt like it kind of had a little bit of extraneous uh, strings that mm-hmm. maybe could have been trimmed down a little bit. And same thing with the with the editing of this film and the direction of some of the actors. I felt like the main actors were absolutely incredible, but some of the um, the smaller scenes and the kind of editing that it just didn't have that kind of snappiness that I think we we are coming to expect, especially with best pictures, where things kind of flow well. And I felt like the flow was kind of off in some scenes, like especially when he was talking with his um his agent. It was just sometimes the scene just could not be it, it was kind of stuttering, if that makes sense. Yeah, like a little like a little choppy. Um, there were definitely some scenes that really flowed well together, but then, yeah, kind of like these scenes with, with the side characters were a little, were a little choppy and maybe like just not as, not as congruent Mm -hmm. with the rest of the story. Yeah. Um, and, and kind of like the ending was a little weird. Like you kind of get like a a twist at the end that kind of came out of nowhere. That was cool. And I kind of wish we had some time to maybe expand on it. Mm-hmm. But it was like, so you have this whole story kind of happening. And then at the very end, you kind of realize that this was, this was like a, a movie being produced this whole time. In a way. And yeah. In a way. Like. That doesn't really have an ending. And the ending is kind of extrapolated from the main character. And kind of open-ended. Yeah. It's open-ended. Yeah. Like he doesn't end up with the girl in real life. Um, Thelonious monk. Yeah. Like he kind of just like doesn't like it doesn't actually it's more realistic in that way where it's like it doesn't actually work the way that he like would have liked it to work out like especially with Coraline. Um, So then it's just kind of like a fake ending where they're like well the ending of the movie could be he gets he it's like a romantic comedy where he shows up at her house and she's like well you better come inside and then it just like flies over you know that flies up and out of the shot and that's the end of the movie or or he gets shot by all the cops because they think that he's actually an ex-con um and that's the end of the movie but then the end of the movie is that he is making this movie and his brother comes and picks him up on on the studio lot and that's the end yeah so it just kind of ended in kind of this kind of rough <laughs> yeah rough kind of open ended like okay so what what is the ending and it's like well i, I mean is this kind of situation it. where it's like you decide or you want yeah, yeah it's like um okay it just that's the end it's <laughs> it's not done but it's the end <laughs> yeah um and and i think because of that like situation it, again it did kind of surprise me that this movie was nominated for Best Picture. Not that I don't think it should have been. It's just... it. I think it really is that the content of it and the, what it has to say about um, the discourse, like, in terms of, like, what the main character is kind of hung his hat on in terms of, like, how black people are represented in media. Like, all of that is such a good thesis that they just... It, it kind of increases the story and it makes this a much more prestigious kind of movie than if it was just like a 
uh, regular indie film like that had had some things to say but wasn't nominated for an Oscar. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I thought it was really fun. It was funny. Like there were some some great great characters in this. I mean, my favorite honestly was Sterling K. Brown's character Clifford. He was hilarious. Like everything that he said, everything that came out of his mouth was just he's so he's so <laughs> I love him so much. <laughs> he was absolutely perfect. <laughs> he was he was such a good character. I I think like Jeffrey Jeffrey Wright's character, a monk, his sister and his brother mm-hmm. and, and even his mother, like they were such they had such great chemistry. Mm-hmm. They were such a good like great fam- family unit as well yeah. as um um who was their who oh, was the, their, their uh, like cook Lorraine Lorraine yes yes Lorraine she was amazing like they were yeah like they were so good like the scenes that they had together were so just like they felt so real and mm-hmm. just like realistic and their chemistry was so good like they actually I felt like they were a family yeah and yeah I thought those scenes were very strong um and their and... their like dysfunctionalness was so like the center of the story oh yeah so oh yeah it was great completely it was very good and that's why it made it so much made it hurt so much more when when lisa passed mm-hmm. so suddenly mm-hmm. and it's just thing after thing and then we're kind of yeah hearing all of clifford's <laughs> situation going on yeah so but like just like the humor of it coming out because like that's that's how a lot of people deal with their with their struggles. It's just through humor and it's just so it's so real and it's so good. It's so good. I'm looking at the other stuff that uh the director yeah. um and writer worked on, Cord Jefferson. Um he wrote for the he wrote for the good place. And, oh. uh, and Watchmen. Dude, this is this, this is like the third or fourth time we've been hearing about Watchmen. I gotta watch that show. Yes, that is amazing. He wrote nine episodes of that show like definitely worth watching um and again like that also is is a a very present oh, master good show. of none yeah that's a good I show a too bit of that show yeah i remember really liking it cool good good for this guy <laughs> you did it cord yeah really nominated. His, i think this is his uh directorial debut i think so oh wow Wow, we've got a lot of those this year for for these uh these directors. I mean, it's um that's amazing, pretty good. Yeah, yeah, it, that's fantastic. Um, I think also the comedy of the central uh plot that he has to he doesn't have to, but he has to basically pretend like he's an ex con so that he could sell this, in his opinion, trash novel. Um. It's pretty funny, like him getting and going all the way to the end and winning like an award for it, and no one knowing who he is. Um, the lie just compounding on itself. Yes, because the because the current trend in the in the book publishing um, industry is just like very stereotypically black characters and just mm-hmm. very very like that not not every 
not every black person is, is like this, is like that. And he just wants to write what he wants to write, but no one wants to read that. And so <laughs> <Yeah>. he... <laughs> just because it's good writing doesn't mean it's like something that is kind of consumable or, or makes a lot of money, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Even if it's something that you love to write about. I mean, you could definitely... You definitely make something that you love that not everyone else loves. Um, but so he writes this book that he's not proud of and he's kind of embarrassed about. He's super and embarrassed. He, and he's a he's real dick about it, it, too. It's it's horrible. <laughs> the fact the fact that people are liking this book, uh, he just is so judgmental of, of everyone who reads. Like with the scene with Coraline. Mm-hmm. Um, and... and He's like, you read this book? And she's like, yeah. <laughs> she's like, and you liked it? And he gets so mad at her. And I was like, oh my goodness. Yeah, he's Monkeys. he's really, he has his values and he finds that that kind of stereotypical like gang related black fiction and media is like so um, backwards to like other black voices in America but I, I think it's kind of like once you kind of get to that point, especially with the girlfriend, um, you start to realize that it's not that he's upset about this kind of also valid black media. He's he's really just kind of it, it's because of himself. Like he doesn't actually believe that he can like like that the black man in America is respected. And therefore he like it's kind of like all turning into how upset he is that he has to like deal with his mom and his brother and you know have a decent girlfriend without pushing her away like it's kind of like that self-hate that is perpetuated and therefore it, um he kind of like starts to realize that by the end of the movie but i i feel like it was like he could have realized it just a little bit more and then we would have a little bit more of a satisfying ending yeah yeah and he was kind of he was kind of internalizing all of those feelings and and pushing it out against the people that he was caring about yeah um yeah i was kind of lashing out at anyone totally Um, but again his situation was also very realistic in that there's a lot of people in the world that have to care for elderly parents and they have to figure out how to make money and they lose people and you know it just the basically the, the rug is pulled out from under him when his sister dies so he has to really figure it out. Yeah, because that's when he kind of figures out that he's been distant from his from his brother and sister, and and even from his mother. He like never comes home to visit. He never calls. He doesn't even know what his brother's up to. Mm-hmm. And you know, he really starts to um, rekindle his relationship with his with his family as he takes this time to kind of care for his mother, who's. Um, who's getting like dementia yeah um, she, yeah alzheimer's yeah alzheimer's a little, yeah. Little, bit, little bit of both yeah. all the above so she's having a really um, hard time and he has to put her into a home yeah 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 which is she's very scary and not and i'm sure no one wants to see their their parents go through that Absolutely. I have it's, to go through that themselves. Yeah. It's another reason why this movie is so relatable. And it just, yeah, like you said, it covers so many topics. I mean, just about what it's like. Like, it's a realistic kind of story. Um, we all just keep going. And there's so many things that 
probably a lot of people really connect with with this movie. Like, it, it's just it's life. It's like every every little small thing you have to think of. Like, who's gonna pay the light bills? You know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and it's also the happy moments, like when Lorraine uh uh meets uh meets up with Maynard again, and then they. Mm-hmm. They rekindle this maybe this long long time crush that they've had on each other, and then they get married. <laughs> yeah, and it's like so sweet, and they're they're older, so they're just like you know what we love each other. Let's get married. Um, they have a very nice wedding on the beach. I think it's in the Situate, which is not too far from here. You know, on the on the coast, mm-hmm. the people have like those yeah, cute look, little... look like a very. Looked like a very East Coast beach town. It was in Massachusetts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. We we can go there if you want. Um, <laughs> but it's like... Sure. <laughs> there's like, you know, the, the cute little cute little town kind of feeling as well. Um, but I also noticed in, in that sense, this movie really was quite low budget. Like, they really did a lot with the actors and kind of pretty bare bones sets. Um you know, the house on the beach. Yeah, and they're the... only like a very handful of places mm-hmm. and very like, and not a whole bunch of like ensemble. Like it was just very, yeah, that's why it felt like, that's why it felt like a show. Like it felt like it was filmed like an HBO show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's just like scene after scene and like the kind of the same. Which I mean, have crazy budgets, but like. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, they filmed a lot of, I mean, everywhere around Boston. So like, there's just, yeah, but there wasn't like the same, it wasn't the same as the holdovers where they were like in very notable locations in Boston. Like this was kind of more, um, like he was, he walked on the street like once and then they were like down in the seaport at that, um, there was a restaurant that he went to with, with Wiley, the, uh, the, the movie producer, and that's mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. down like they were like kind of not where people are they were they were like out in the suburbs or you know um and in that absolutely gorgeous house that's like that victorian style house that they live in um it is just it's so beautiful though i mean there's all sorts of those kind of houses around here and you just like don't see those on the on the west coast and they're just so 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 beautiful yeah yeah. I do want to mention that I thought that his scenes with uh, Issa Rae mm. were very good. Um, the scenes, the scenes in general with the with the readers, with the author's board, <laughs> that thing that he volunteered for were, yes. was pretty funny. Yes. Um, and that's kind of, that's kind of when Monk has like his, his breakthrough. <laughs> when, when Issa Rae basically tells him off. Yeah. Um, to defend her own and, book, uh, you know. Yeah. Yeah, which I mean, she's very proud of, and she makes money off of. So yeah. I mean, yeah, and that's, and she's not self conscious about it. And he needs to, he needs to deal with his insecurities. <laughs> it was a very pointed conversation. Like they really, she just got him. Like she's like, well, maybe it's you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's like, uh, yeah. He's he's really kind of an asshole, like most of the time in this movie. <laughs> yeah, and it's like, and I feel like we kind of got those parts of him in pockets because, like, yes, in the very beginning, 
we see that he's a hard ass and we see that he's, you know, very judgmental and almost snobbish uh, when it comes to his writing and, and other people's writing. And then, you know, we kind of get this very caring part of him for quite some time when he's like with his family and seeing his brother and kind of figuring what to do about his mom. And then don't really see that like angsty side of him again until he starts meeting with the, um, like with the board and kind of like his book is taking off. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, it's, which I mean, definitely just shows the ebbs and flow of a person and kind of when, kind of when those insecurities kind of lash out, Mm -hmm. um, at random points, obviously. Um, so like, not to say that it was inconsistent in his character or anything, but just, it was, it's, he didn't all, he didn't seem very grumpy, like the whole time. Yeah. He had Um, some happiness, especially also with, with Coraline, like they had some really cute scenes together as well. They did. Yes. I really liked Coraline. I liked her a lot as well. She was very down to earth and also was not afraid to speak her mind. Um, which I think he kind of encounters these strong personalities pretty much the whole time that just don't have any, like, they don't care what he thinks. Like, they'll just say whatever they're thinking and what their opinion is without kind of, like, the the air of, like, you know, uh, pretending to, to make somebody like you. It's like, no, you're going to have your opinion and you're all going to have the very defined opinions. And that's kind of fun watching characters spar and like have a good conversation. Um, and it's yeah, like, I think sprinkled in with all the comedy, it's really enjoyable in that sense. Like pretty much all of the conversations with Wiley or those, the two like, um, publishing house people oh my gosh the publishers oh my god they were just i mean (laughs) they're talking about you know like white guilt pretty much the whole time in this movie like just trying to make white people feel better about you know buying a book like trying to like reflect on the black population so they're just they get like this you know type of person like the the person who is like the publishing lady, she just says like all these really like uh cringy <laughs> cringy cringy almost insincere like <laughs> it's like things <laughs> going so far in the direction of trying to be PC that it's just it sounds insane. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Ugh. She just doesn't sound human. (laughs) (laughs) But you know, that's like, so it's so funny because she's, she's satirizing like real um, people who probably actually do say this stuff and people who try to market books and people who try to sell things like even movies, like even people who make movies like executives don't know what the people really want, but they think they do. And so they say everything like, really confidently <laughs> yeah it sounds terrible <laughs> oh gosh yes oh man oh it was so funny <laughs> and he wanted to change the name of the book just to that see how far so he could push them <laughs> and yeah. then he was like i think we should change the name of the book to fuck <laughs> and they had and to like, really... you know what that's that's it's so raw. <laughs> you know what? Let's let's it. do it, and then eventually it like makes even more, 
like it probably makes even more money than he if he would have done his like his like slang title for like what was it my he's it was gonna be something like my like my life but oh. It it was gonna be a word that had a ph in it, but then he put an f in it instead. So it was supposed to be kind of the like uh, Avi yeah, speak. I can't remember what it was. You know. Yeah. Yes. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, I can't remember what the original title was. <laughs> yeah. Because fuck was just so much more raw <laughs> and memorable. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh gosh! Yeah, they really, so you know, funny. they they really push it with the with the satire to make it even, even more crazy. Like even you know, to make all all the language that they're using a little bit more uh, off putting and hilarious. You know, yes, most definitely off putting. My goodness. Yeah, this was a this was a fun movie. I would watch it again. Um, I'm glad I saw it in theaters. I it too. Yeah, I'd, I'd recommend it. I'm glad I'm glad, I, I'm glad me and this fly watched it in theaters together. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh gosh. So there's. Okay, no... Do you want to take a quick break and then we'll we'll do some trivia? Yeah, sounds good. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Okay, we are back. Um, let's see. There's Some plenty trivia. of jazz on the soundtrack. None of it is by Thelonious Monk, after whom the lead character is nicknamed. Oh. That's cute. Um, based on the book Erasure, like we said. Um, first Best Picture nominee to include the term Oscar bait in the film. <laughs> Oscar bait. I love, yes. I love that. That is so funny. Cord Jefferson's directorial debut. We already covered that, yes. I also love this is this is a good one. In the movie when discussing the film rights to the fictional novel Fuck, Michael B. Jordan is mentioned as the potential lead actor. Michael and Sterling K. Brown Sterling K. Brown starred together as son and father in Black Panther. <laughs> That's right, they did. And also people thought he looked like Tyler Perry and they were just joking about that. 
Yes. It was like, they're never, they're never going to find anyone to, to play me. And they're like, they actually did. It's Tyler Perry. <laughs> silly. That's a silly joke. Um, It is his directorial debut. I was also going to read uh, what else it got nominated for, because I got nominated for five Oscars. It's opening. I don't know what it is about IMDb, but when you click on the nominations, it takes longer for it to load the page than all the other clicks. Okay. Um, are you still there, Emily? Yeah, I'm here. Okay. Uh, this movie was nominated for five Oscars, which is for original score for Laura Karpman. Great job, Laura Karpman. What other things have you done? Ooh. I gotta look it up. Oh, she did the Marvels. Oh. <laughs> Good job, Chica. Um, she did some What If. Uh, some other movies. Okay, I still haven't seen the new season of that. Ms. Marvel, the TV series. Wow. It's very exciting for, for her. Um, sorry. Lots of Marvel. Going back to this, it takes a moment for the... Okay. Uh, best Picture. Best Performance in Actor in a Leading Role for Jeff Jeffrey Wright. Supporting Actor for Sterling K. Brown. And Adapted Screenplay for Cord Jefferson. Ooh, Okay. Excellent. Very nice. Uh, kind of slim pickings with this trivia over here. Yeah. But, um, I can do the uh, plot keywords. Let's see. So we've got satire comedy, race relations, African-American stereotype, high concept comedy, author. High concept comedy. What is... What does that even I mean? I like that. <laughs> Apparently, Barbie is also high-concept comedy. Okay. Bottoms. Bottoms? Uh, the show Ghosts. <laughs> <laughs> what? Yeah, the British, the British Ghosts. <laughs> um, I don't understand. I don't understand. I don't see how Mr. and Mrs. Smith is high-concept comedy, but all right. And Ted? What? And Free Guy? I don't, okay. These are just I comedies. Like I don't understand. It's a good place. The con I feel like... Uh, I don't know like, what... What does that even have to... I guess maybe it's just a comedy that's more like a movie and... I don't know. Like, isn't every comedy like that? Like, I don't understand. <laughs> I mean, I don't think... I don't think all comedies have a high concept true to... i mean some are much better movies than others you know does it just mean that like it goes into deeper things like sure. is that kind of what that means like they're a bit more smart <laughs> yeah like like for example you're gonna talk about like maybe the movie like the other guys versus i don't know sex drive like i like, one of those movies is clearly better than another. You know what I mean? But, like, mm -hmm. does that mean it's high concept? Yeah. I uh, Well, I don't know. That's the, that's the first we've heard this term, so I don't know. Maybe there's some, there's some preference. There's some preference to what you think is high concept. <laughs> I'm going to just look this up. I'm so sorry. 
And then did I read the uh, the last one? Author. That's oh, after yeah, yeah, high yeah, concept yeah, yeah. comedy. Yeah. Okay. Just making making sure I did my job. It says um, According to ScreenCraft.org, it says high concept can be can be defined as a type of artistic work that can be easily pitched with a succinctly slated premise. Mm. Flawed but likable characters. Okay. And they overcome something. Sure. Desirable types of comedies for major studios. I guess it just means it has a story. <laughs> and a protagonist. Like more like more of a story. Then does that mean like Marvelous Mrs. Maisel would be yeah. high concept sure. comedy? Con okay, I'm it's looking this in, up not on in this list. Wikipedia here. Okay. Characterized by an overarching what-if scenario that catalyzes the following events. So it could be mm. any any movie is, is a high concept, really. Versus, okay. I mean, there's a lot of, it's just, it just can be a kind of explained in one succinct word. It's basically one, like, the concept of the movie can be described in one sentence. So, like, this movie, what if a author, what if a serious author decided to write a trash novel and, and got away with it? Or whatever. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, okay. This movie got an 81 Metascore with... Very nice. 90... Or, sorry. 53%. Sorry. Oh, my God. 53 positive, one mixed, and zero negative. It was 98% of it. So that's why I got confused. You, you were switching the percentage I was, with the number. I was doing reviews. it so wrong here. Um, the only, only one mixed review. Yes. That's amazing. It's a 60. But only but only one or a couple 100s. One, two, three. Three yeah. 100s. Yeah. That seems so weird to me. Like with only one mixed review... I know, really yeah. I mean, it's a pretty much like. Doesn't that seem weird to me? This movie is definitely in the green. I wouldn't give it a one hundred. No, no, but I definitely give it. I, I think an eighty is solid. For some reason, I think, it, I think it, the eighty is great. I I totally agree with you. For some reason, though, this one hundred from San Francisco Chronicle. I'm sorry, I'm going out of order here, but it says American fiction <clears> is not <throat> a perfect film. That's what it starts off with. <laughs> And it's like, how is that a 100 then? I'm sorry, Metacritic. That is a 100. <laughs> That's, you literally, you start off with that. I'm just going to keep going. The book trails off at the finish. And though the movie comes up with something better, the end still doesn't feel ideal. But none of that matters as much as it might because Wright gives the perfect performance. So he okay. gave a 100 to, mean, to Jeffrey Wright. And you know what? Valid. <laughs> Valid. I give 100 to Sterling K. Brown because, in my opinion, I mean, I love that guy. I ser seriously like 
Especially him as this character. Sandra, I, th- I think he's like, I think it's like one of your like celebrity crushes. <laughs> like every time we talk about Starlink. <laughs> so true. You're like, you're like that man. If he, if he was standing in front of me. Okay, let's just put it this way. I mean, like truly, if, if Sterling K. Brown, if I got to see a play with him, I would freak out. It was like if Jeffrey Wright were in front of me and also Sterling K. Brown, I would go to Sterling K. Brown first. Like, I... Wow. I, I know. And I do wow. really like Jeffrey Wright. I'm just saying, like, I would be more inclined. Just, he's not Sterling. He's not Sterling. <laughs> just really like him. <laughs> what can I he say? He just has this... He just has this 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 charm that you just gravitate towards. It's, it's like the charm. Just, You're so right. He's, yes. he's mesmerizing. He's <laughs> yeah. absolutely. He's just a dream. He's a dream. <laughs> I and I would not exactly say that about Jeffrey Wright. Jeffrey Wright is a good, serious actor for sure, and he has a great voice. My God, his voice is fantastic. I I think it's he I doesn't want to, like, have listen that to an thing. audiobook like narrated by him. Yeah. I think, it must be so soothing. <laughs> he's got a beautiful voice. I mean, a tr- truly, truly. Um, yeah, yeah. He's got such a great. Voice. You're right. It it is that um, Sterling K. Brown is so. Um, he is so flirty. Magnetic. He's flirty. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you got to read the inspiring. The, the sixty. Well, you're the one who derailed us. Okay, I'm here we sorry. go. Sorry. So we've, <laughs> we've got. We've got um, the one mixed review we have here is a, a 60 by Little White Lies. Um, there are some great things in this film, yet its intentions are swept up in a mire of tonal indecision and cynicism masquerading as irony. Um, hmm. I definitely agree with yeah. the tonal indecision, yeah. but I think this, the cynicism, like, I, I think that was very, that was very intentioned. Like, mm-hmm. that was very, that was the point. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> no, it's so true. It's so true. Yeah. Um, I want to read this 64 from the Globe and Mail in Toronto. It says, despite strong performances across the board, most notably Wright, who has never before been able to flex such leading man magnetism, there is an overriding Ooh. flatness to Monk's personal life. Oh, well, okay. I don't completely disagree with that. Yeah. Um... I'll read this, 75 from Associated Press. It says, the film is immensely washable. Staged without flash... Okay, I want to restart. The film is immensely watchable. Staged without flash or pretension. That relies on its sharp script and talented and charismatic actors to carry the audience through. Wright is particularly delightful at the center of it as he navigates a new relationship as well as the consequences of his lie and how far he's willing to go with it. Yeah. The only part that kind of took me out of it was it was the author or not the author. It was his manager's like idea to be to be the the convict on the run. I was like, okay. I know. That was like like he's an escaped really convict set up. Like yeah. he did time. I mean, just to make him more credible. It's just kind of like telling this like, even more insane lie. Yeah, like out of out of the entire movie, like that definitely felt the mo- like that probably should have been the point that made me think, okay, maybe this isn't, maybe this isn't reality, and maybe we are kind of dipping into a movie or like a you know a book. Like mm-hmm. this isn't like because uh, you know some people um, 
a lot of books will break the fourth wall or, will, or movies will break the fourth wall where they're like, oh, this isn't, this isn't a romance book. My life can't be like that. Yeah. It's like, that was the part where it was like, maybe that should have been like the hint that mm-hmm. maybe this isn't reality <laughs> because it was the most far-fetched part and the most like yeah. um, silly of like the whole movie. There was a lot of silly silliness, I think, thrown in there, so... I don't know. It it kind of had that that feeling that it wasn't quite quite reality in the way that people would handle situations. Uh and I think that kind of attributed to the tonal shifts that we had uh which Yeah. Ooh, you know what would have been interesting? Hmm. So like if we have the movie start off with it just being, you know, it's it's this person's life and we don't know that it's like being written for a movie or for a book yet yeah but then like by the middle of it we kind of get that we like the wall's broken the wall's been taken down and then we're kind of like flip-flopping between what's getting put in the movie and like what's actually happening in real life like yeah. kind of seeing like this like seeing monk's life just how different it is being portrayed because we know that with uh biopics and autobiographies and or, like, you know, just kind of things that are inspired by people's lives. They can often be slightly different or even completely different. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, that would have been a very interesting kind of flip-flop to the pacing of the movie. To I kind totally of get that, agree, yes. Like, just kind of completely twisted on its head. I think that would have made it a little bit more dynamic. Yeah. Yeah, totally agree with you. It's a good concept, and the name of the movie can still be the same. Yeah. Uh, any other ones you want to read? Um, you already read one of the one hundreds, but was there a was there a better one hundred? <laughs> uh, if you want to I pick mean, one, the San Francisco Chronicle wasn't wasn't like bad because it gave the one hundred to to Jeffrey Wright, which I mean, <laughs> valid. Um, the Boston Globe. I'll do the Boston Globe. <laughs> so I'm gonna read this one. This one hundred from the Boston Globe. Uh, the satire isn't as brutal as it could have been and perhaps needed to be, but overall I thought American fiction was a rousing success that got me thinking about my own experiences. Okay. I like that. Thinking thinking about my own experiences. Yeah, because again, this movie was very relatable. Um, but yeah. All right. Is that all we have? Yes. To say about American fiction? All right. If you have not seen this movie, definitely go check it out. It's great, um, especially for especially for Sterling. Um, he was amazing, and uh, so was Jeffrey Wright. But um, and it's nominated for an Oscar, so e- even every other reason to go watch it. Uh, but if you enjoyed this episode, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts and IMDb. We are also on Amazon Music, Spotify, and Acast. If you want to email us, please do that at allaboutthepopcornpodcast at gmail.com. You can also follow our social media. We have Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, and YouTube. Just search All About the Popcorn or All About the Popcorn Podcast. And we have merch, so please check that out. But thank you so much for listening, and we'll talk to you in the next one. Goodbye. Bye.